0: Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. I'm going to give you the scripture today, Uh, Matthew 20, 25-28, and Genesis 1-1. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them? And they that are great exercise authority upon them, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. May there be a blessing on these words.
1: Amen. Happy Sabbath Church. So glad to be with you again. It's been a little while, but it's always a blessing. So many Familiar faces, so many friendly faces, and I'm just glad to be in the house of God with the people of God, worshiping God. Today our title is The Servant. And before I get into that, I want to us uh, to just think about our lives, the journey we're on, and you know the ups and downs that we have. It's a challenge, isn't it? You know. I think of Abraham. He lived 175 years. A lot of times we think Abraham was talking to God every day, but scripture records seven encounters with God, and if we divide that, I don't know how often the encounters happened, but there were seven of them, and we look at 175 years, that means there were 25 years between encounters. We know in one instance for sure the promise of the child, it took 25 years for Isaac to come. And of course, Abraham made mistakes during those silent years. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes God can be silent. But you know, I can make it during the silent years because when he did show up, it was so wonderful. and so amazing. And I can hold me over to the next time he wants to interpose himself in my experience. But we all have challenges. And it's always good to to think about the God who conquers all. We said this in Sabbath school. God moves in miraculous ways his wonders to perform. He always is doing something good for somebody. And when he's doing something good for you, I'm happy because I know he's in the neighborhood. Thank God for his goodness and his mercy. You know, um, It's a lot. Even John, John the Baptist, who leaped in his mother's womb, you know, and he's the one who introduced Jesus to the world. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And even he, when he was in prison, said, he sent his servants to ask ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? And so we all have these moments with dark clouds surround us. But we have to look past that. And Jesus did, He just didn't even answer their question. He just started doing miracles. Just miracle after miracle. He healed the blind, you know, healed the sick, you know, healed the lepers. And he said, go run and tell that, you know. And John didn't have any more questions. He remembered who Jesus was. He remembered who he was in Jesus. You know? This is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou has sent. And so today we wanna to look at attributes of God to remind us of the God we serve. How good it is to be in fellowship and relationship with the God of heaven who speaks And it is. He commands and it stands fast. By your ears with me. Oh, gracious and merciful heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful to just look up to you, our Master. Master. Your servants are listening. Speak, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's a lot I could say. We're talking about the inherent characteristics of a God who can do anything but fail. And this this is more of a glorified Bible study for me, but I hope I don't bore you talking about the attributes of God. We serve an all powerful and almighty God. El Shaddai is the Hebrew word, God Almighty. Put in your notes First Chronicles twenty nine twelve and Psalm sixty two eleven. Once God has spoken and twice I have heard this, that power belongs to Yahweh to God. Romans sixteen twenty five. Now to him who is able to establish, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret. For long ages pass. Job chimes in. Job 42 two two. I know that thou canst do all things. And that no purpose of thine can be thwarted. To hinder, to obstruct, to frustrate or defeat. Nothing can do that to God. David says, Psalms 115.3. But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Our God does whatever he pleases. Isaiah speaks, Isaiah 43, 13. Even from eternity I am He, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? Jesus said in Matthew 19:26: With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Luke adds. Luke 1, for nothing will be impossible with God. This means that God is able to deliver, to raise up, to fulfill, to create, to make, to do, and to subdue. What a mighty God, to guard us, to save us, to keep us from falling. We don't have any excuse with a God like this on our side. God is holy, holiness to the Lord. Hey spiritually perfect or pure, untainted by evil or sin, sinless. Exodus 39:30 30 says that the crown that the high priest wore on his head gear was of pure gold, representing the righteousness of Christ. It was inscribed with holiness to the Lord, holy to the Lord. The only one who is holy is God. We don't make ourselves holy, We are only holy when we are in relationship with God, when we're standing on holy ground, when we take off our shoes, when we've approached God. God makes us holy. In Isaiah's prophecy about Zion, the holy city, in its vivid depiction, he says in Isaiah 35, 8, and a highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. My, I love that. The unclean will not travel on this highway, on it, but it will be for him who walks that way and keeps, and fools will not wander on it. Paul in Hebrews 12.10 says that, that this disciplines us for our good, that he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness, and so some of the things that we have, some of the problems we have, is that God is trying to make us holy. And it takes, takes a lot of work to make us holy. Peter in 2 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're a holy nation, church. A people for God's own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him, who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I like that because we ought to be talking about what God is doing for us. We ought to proclaim. We ought to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I know I'm talking about God's attributes, but it doesn't hurt to remind ourselves of the benefits. For walking with a God like this, for walking with the Lord. There are benefits. Holiness. Moses in Exodus 25:11. Who is like thee among the gods? Little G, O Lord? Who is like thee? Majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders. In 1 Samuel 6:20, you can write some of these texts down for your study later. In 1 Samuel 6:20, the question is raised. Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? Who is able to stand? In Psalm 99, the psalmist says, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for holy is the Lord our God. And one called out to another and said, holy, and the other one said, holy, and the other one said, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah 6:, Revelation 15:4 says, "Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou alone art holy, for all the nations will come and worship. They will come and worship thee before thee, for the righteous acts for thy righteous acts have been revealed." What kind of acts have been revealed? What kind of acts? Have been revealed. Our God who is righteous does righteous acts. Righteousness, acting in a just, upright manner, doing what is right, virtuous, morally right, fair, and just. Excellent, one might say excellent. Psalms 4810, as is thy name, O God, so is thy praise to the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Psalms 97, two clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Psalms 119, 137, righteousness art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. We're studying Psalms now. And it's good, isn't it, to study Psalms? I mean, I praise God all the week just studying Psalms This quarter, Psalms 145, 17, the Lord's righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. In Jeremiah 23, 6, he says, this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness, the Lord, our righteousness. Isaiah 11.5, also righteousness will be the belt about his lawns and faithfulness, the belt about his ways. Revelation 19.11, the last use of the term in scripture. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He who sat upon it called, is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. Love, love. This has the potential to dominate what I'm going to say today and take over the whole message. For that reason, I will intentionally be brief, or as brief as I can be, while transmitting some of the salient points of this attribute. It's difficult to will it down to a few texts, but let's start here. Two times it is stated directly that God is love. 1 John 4, 8 and 16, God is love. The definition for love is in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm not gonna go there today, but we get a good definition of love. First of all, it's kind and patient, but I'm not gonna go there. The context, beloved, let us love one another, for love is number one from God, and everyone who loves is born of God. That's number two. You must be born again. And number three, knows God. And so our endeavor today is just to know God better, because to know God is eternal life. To know God. The Lord knoweth them that are his. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7, 8. So number one, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Number two, and we have come to know and have believed the love of God for us and in us. So we must believe that God loves us, that God values us. And the cross speaks to that. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son. God is love, number three. And number four, and the one who abides in love abides in God. And five, God abides in us, in him. Now, I can go anywhere from here, but I'm going to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord appeared to him. That shows you God's condescension right there. He appears to a human. Or He appeared to me from afar, saying, I, Number one, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And number two, therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. How many of you have felt God drawing you? You know He didn't find you in an easy place doing the right thing but he drew you from that place. He draws us with loving kindness. This makes sense because going back to 1 John, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. Just a couple more, John 13, one. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father. Number one, having loved his own who are in the world. And number two, he loved them to the end. He loves us to the end. Wayward, hard head, backsliding. He loves us to the end. Oh, I love that. He loved them to the uttermost. No greater love. He loved them eternally. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us, who loved us. We love Because he loved us, we get victories. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Out of name. Romans eight thirty five and 37 through 39. Therefore, for these reasons, I have been crucified with Christ and, have not, and it is no longer I who live but Christ who liveth in me. And the life that I now live through the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love that. Recite with me John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, I like that. Everlasting life. The verse we quoted before that was Galatians 2.20. Wisdom, wisdom. Omniscient. Having infinite knowledge, knowing all things, which includes knowing the future. Let's start there. I am the Lord. That is my name. I like when God talks like that. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. He declares what? Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Isaiah 42, 8 and 9. Isaiah 46, 8 through 11 says, and I'm including verse 5. To whom would you liken me and make equal to me? Compare with me. That we should be alike, This, whoever you're trying to compare. Verse 8, remember this and be assured. That word assured just means be firm. You can stand on this. Recall it to mind or to your heart. You transgressors. He he lumps us all together. For all have sinned. He's talking to transgressors. Remember the former things long past, for I am God, and there is no other. I'm God, and there's no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning. This was self me from everybody else. And from ancient times, things which have not been, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Oh, I like that, dot, 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 dot. His purpose will be established. Truly I have spoken and truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. Oh, I love that. You can count on this God. Oh, he said he's going to bring it to pass. We don't have to say, are you the one or should we look for another? I have planned it. I will surely do it. Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2.28. That there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Peter says in 1 Peter 1:2, that we are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. He knew all about it when we were formed in our mother's belly. He knew everything. He put the tears in a bottle, he knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. John in John 2:24 says that Christ knew all men. He knew what was in man, and he still came, and he still loved us. And John 16:30 says that you know all things. Peter in John 21:17 says the same thing. You know all things. And Peter repeats the sentiment in a prayer in Acts 1:24. Thou Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men. And Job 34, 21 says, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he sees all his steps. He knows all of our steps. He knows where you're going, where you're coming from, what you did. David in Psalms 14, 7 says, great is our God and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite, infinite, innumerable. I like how Paul puts it in Hebrews 4.13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. We have to pass by the scrutinizing eye of God. His eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. You think you have a secret? No. 1 John 3.20 echoes this attribute of God's omniscience. God knows all things, and there it is. Redeemer, Redeemer. It's surprising to me, in spite of having hundreds of instances of the use of redeem, redeemed, redeemeth, redeemeth, redeeming, and redemption, there are only 18 total instances where the term Redeemer is used. Only 18 times. And they're all in the Old Testament and 13 of those are in Isaiah. Redeemer. Let's look briefly at a few of them. As it is fitting, the oldest book is Job, and so in Job uh, 17, 26 and 27 the first time the term redeemer is used in Seduzi. And as for me, I know my redeemer or well, I like The confidence of Job means kinsman. That word literally means kinsman, vindicator, defender. The God of the universe is tied to us by blood ties. kinfolk, blood ties. Kinsman, redeemer, is the only one who could buy us back from the clutches of Satan, from sin and death, and the grave. He buys us back from death. The concept of buy, payment, Brings up merchandise, market forces, buying and selling, etc. We may sell our souls for a morsel, you know, for what we value or esteem, maybe even more than what God is offering. That's 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 strange to me. It is the fool's bargain. Adam and Eve gave up paradise and eternal life with God, for what they could hold in one hand and bite. Or uh, eat one bite at a time. I can't take a deep dive here. But Joel says, I know my Redeemer lives. And at the last, at the last, he will take his stand on the earth. last one standing will be God. He paid the cost to be the boss. Even after my skin is destroyed, which they have cut off my skin. Yet from my flesh I shall see God my Redeemer, whom I myself shall behold. I shall behold him who's always been on my side and whom my eyes shall see and not another. My heart faints within me. Jesus in his role as our Redeemer fulfills his pledge to give us everlasting life, to make us like him by giving us glorified bodies. He sets us free by paying the ransom the wages of sin is death. The transgression is blotted out in heaven's record. There's no record of sin in heaven because he blots out our transgression with sin, with blood. He's the first and the last, and there is no God besides him. He formed me in the womb. He is the Lord, and he chooses me. He chooses us, the Lord of hosts, And he teaches me to profit, leads me in the way that I should go. Oh, I love this, God. The only currency, the only legal tender in this transaction is blood. There is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And so Jesus pays off our debt, he cleans the record, he cleans the books. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it! Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Psalms 138, and He will redeem Israel from all his iniquities, Psalms 19:14. O Lord, my Rock, my Redeemer, the Most High, the Mighty God, our Redeemer is strong. Our Redeemer is strong. He is our Father, our Savior. He pleads our case. The last one in Isaiah is Isaiah 41:14. Do not fear, do not fear, church. And he says, This is a little insulting, you worm Jacob. Do not fear, you worm Jacob. You men of Israel, I will help you, declares the Lord. Someone say, Amen. I need that kind of help. And your Redeemer is the Holy One, eternal, without beginning or end, existing through all time, everlasting. Forever the same unchanging. Outside and beyond time are time relationships. Time relationships, you know, like entropy, you, you physicists and chemists out there. Or aging or degeneration or uncertainty or disorder or fragmentation and chaos. He's outside of all of that. With well, what do we have to deal with. Dot dot dot. Time and chance happens to us all. Time is the entire period of existence of the entire universe. Time is finite in duration and distinguished from infinity. Eternal, the term itself, is only used twice in the Old Testament. Jesus, all by himself, uses it 11 times total. Probably only eight actual occurrences since the same conversations are covered in multiple gospel narratives. The term is used 45 times in the New Testament. I'm going to share a few of them, a few of my favorites. Deuteronomy 33:27 27 is the first in Scripture. The eternal God is a refuge, a dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Eternal God with everlasting arms, dot, dot, dot. Include the next one because it highlights that the father and son are one. Isaiah 9, 6, For a child will be born to us. He was born to us. God with us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on. Be on his shoulders. His name will be wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Eternal father. Oh my prince of peace. Prince of Peace. John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep shall hear my voice and I know them. He knows us, church. And they follow me and I give them eternal life. What is he giving us? And they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. That's the part I like. (laughs) You can't get me out of his hand. He not only has eternal life, he gives eternal life. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life. Aeonios. Aeonios is the Greek. That they may know thee, the Father, the, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. The assurance and warranty. You know, you have to get a warranty on some things. The assurance or warranty of this gift is from Romans 1, 20. For since the creation of the world, his his invisible attributes, we're talking about his attributes today, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. So they are without excuse. Romans 2, 7, sweetens the pot, includes glory and honor and immortality and eternal life with God's righteousness. God's righteous judgment renders this eternal result. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1:16 and 17 really summarizes God's commitment to share this quality with us. He's committed to share this with us. Paul said that he was saved so that Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience. So God is saving us So that we might demonstrate to the world his perfect patience. Not only the world, but to the whole universe. See, he's telling the world, he's telling the universe and the angels that he's going to bring us to heaven. And they're saying, well, you sure about that, God? You're going to bring them to heaven? Oh, but he's demonstrating his patience to the world, to everyone. I love that. So that Jesus Christ might demonstrate that. As an example for those who will believe in him for eternal life. This is the example. We are the example. For all those who will believe and receive eternal life. Immortal, invisible, the only God. Be honor and glory forever. To the ages of the age. Amen. To Titus, Paul adds, "In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before times eternal, long ages ago." Titus 1:2. John summarizes in 1 John 5:11, and the witness is this: that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. So it is clear that God occupies all space and time. 1 Timothy 6:16. 6, He is he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. Whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. First John 1 5. And this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I say there's no darkness at all. Hebrews 12, 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Paul, in his sermon on Mars Hill, Acts 17, 22-31, just going to include some excerpts. The God who made the world and all things in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, dot, dot, dot. He himself gives to all life and breath and all things, dot, dot, dot. And he made from one, one blood, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. This is why racism doesn't make any sense. From one blood, every nation. And that they seek God. If perhaps they might grope for him and find him. Though he's not far from each one of us. He's not far from each one of us. He's with us every day. When we get the bad news, he's with us. When we get the promotion, he's with us. For in him we live and move and exist. Or we are, or we have our being. Dot dot dot. For we are his offspring. I like that. The old Negro spirit just used to say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Paul continuing to the church at Colossae, Colossians 1:13 through 20, just a few excerpts here. For well, he delivered us from the domain or authority of darkness. I've been delivered. He delivered us from the authority of darkness. Satan and sin no, has no longer dominion over me. And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption. In whom we have redemption. What do we have? The forgiveness of sins. And he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image, the firstborn of all creation. For by him or in him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created by him or through him and for him. And he is before all things. I like that. He existed prior to all things. In him all things hold together or consist. what the thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, da da dot, dot. For all the fullness of deity, for all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. Jesus is the issue. The texts I've read deal with God's, Jesus Christ's omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience. The fact that he is the creator, science teaches us that the universe, the universe consists of dark matter and dark energy. 30.1% of the universe is dark matter and 69.4% of is dark energy. The dark matter and dark energy... It's 95.5% of the entire universe. I know you didn't understand that. But this means that everything in the observable universe is only 4.5%. That's all the planets, galaxies, stars, everything else. It's only 5% of the universe. 4.5% of the universe of what is observable. God is in the space between the tears. God occupies all space and all energy. We know from E MC squared that nearly an endless amount of energy exists in the tiniest amount of matter. Just needed to say that before we go further. Psalms 33, 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. For he spoke and it was he commanded and it stood fast. And one translation say it stood forth. Attention, it stood. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning. The same text that's in Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, we started with the word in Genesis 1, and we end in John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was in the beginning with God, and the word was God. All things came into being by him, through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Besid Baray Elim Eha Bara, to create, to create. Bara means qualify, to cut down the wood, to select, to feed. As for a formative process, to provide, to choose, to cut down, to dispatch, to do, to make, create, to serve, to serve. To serve. Barah. So when God was creating the world, there it is. God spoke. He was preparing a place for us. He was preparing a place for us. So he's, he, was, he was preparing a place for us before he told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for us. He is providing for our needs. Let there be light, atmosphere, air, water, dry land, vegetation, plants, fruit, trees, sun, moon, stars, planets, Time, matter, energy, night, day, seasons, signs, days, years, birds, fishes, insects, living creatures, animals, man, and one man. God was preparing a place for us, Barah. He was preparing a place for us. We love to think of God as all-powerful, El Shaddai, the almighty God. Omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. The holy, divine, righteous, faithful, love, wisdom, full of wisdom, knows the future, creator, redeemer, savior, eternal, occupying all space and time, the creator of matter, energy, and time. We love the God who can do anything but fail. We love the all-powerful. But we don't want to look at God as a servant. It challenges our reasoning. They rejected him because of his lowly status. Servant, born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, bloody bandages. Can anything good, can anything good come out of Nazareth? John 1.46. Oh yes, we want a strong God. But a servant? Nobody wants a God who washes dishes, who washes feet. And so the world rejects him. He comes to his own and they receive him not. John 1.11. He is persecuted, humiliated, crucified as a criminal servant. In defending, working, healing on the Sabbath, Jesus says in John 5.17, Jesus uh, says, my father, he infers, he infers this, that my father is a servant. My father is working until now. He can't get any time off. I myself am working. I am a servant too. Jesus explains in John 5, 19, I'm only doing what I see the father doing. And so we, since we are made in God's image and likeness, we should be servants too. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. God gave Adam a job as a servant, as a servant. He serves the earth, cultivate it, take care of it, serve it. We're made in God's image and he serves and we are to serve. We are servants of the most high God. And when we serve others, only what we do for Christ will last. In Matthew 20, 25 through 28, after James and John's mother requested that her son sit on the left and right hand of Jesus in his kingdom, Jesus says the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not to be so among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. He did not deny us ambition, but he said, if you really want to be great, if you really want to get what you're after, whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve, the servant came to serve. The servant from the beginning came to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. We need more servants in the church of God, don't we? We need more missionary volunteers. Have this attitude in yourselves, among yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself and set aside, he laid aside his privileges, taking the form of a bond servant the servant, and being made in the likeness of men. We're coming down to the end here. And being found in appearance as a man, as humans, as men, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, Jesus can proclaim that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10:11, and John 10:15, and John 10:17. Three times he repeats, "I lay down my life." He contrasts his servant attitude with the hireling shepherds. John 10:12 through 14. He said, "False shepherds," described in Jeremiah 23:2. Just put this in your note. I'm not gonna go to those texts. Uh, Jeremiah 56 and Ezekiel. 34, 2, and 3. He describes the false shepherds who do it for the money or for privilege. But Jesus clarifies that there is glory in serving. He said it is his prerogative. Ecclesia. You see, it's his prerogative. He exclaims, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man takes it away from me. But I lay it down on my own initiative, my own authority, ecusea. I have power to choose to lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. And so Calvary moved past helpless victim a martyrdom. It moves beyond the strong overcoming the weak. It moves beyond a helpless victim. Jesus said, No man taketh my life from you. So we need to stop blaming the Romans and stop blaming the Jews and stop blaming anybody that day. Jesus chose to serve. He said, I lay it down and have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father, Philippians two nine through eleven. Therefore, all also godly highly exalted him. Oh, I love this. The servant and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Oh. And those who are in heaven and on earth and underneath the earth, and that every tongue shall confess, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And I want to close with Revelation 19. We're closing here. Revelation 19. You can turn there with me. I'm gonna read in your hearing. Revelation 19, beginning at verse four. This is the last celebration here. And the 24 elders who were redeemed from among men and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who sits on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, give praise to our God, all you, his bond servants. Oh, in these last verses of scripture, He's calling us bond servants. We're bond servants, y'all. Bought with a price. For who fear him? You who fear him, the small, the great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. One place said, a number that no man could number. At the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the servant, the Almighty, reigns.
0: You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.